One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsnock. I'm an action figure of Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm the real-life Jennifer Landa. <laughs> uh, but is the plush Build-A-Bear version available? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. That's funny. Complete with your uh, your Death Star dress that you made. Right. Complete with accessories. <laughs> uh, go to your local mall and pick up your Force Center Build-A-Bears 
today. We got some Star Wars news coming your way. Breaking news from a long time ago, including some uh, breaking news at the time of our recording. A fun little uh, tidbit we're going to get to. And uh, we got some figure news, uh, visions, and a whole lot more. Before we do that, I want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And again, includes Android. I ran into someone this week <laughs> at a comedy show who was going off in the green room, not on stage, about uh, iPhone privilege. And I heard them out. And I was like, you know what? You're, you're not wrong. I just assume everyone has an iPhone. That's wrong of me. That's wrong of me. So <laughs> Audible's got you covered. Audible's got you covered. Uh, we're going to go a little bit later have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But before that, we catch up with Star Wars and Life Adventures. Jen, we turn to you to start the uh, round robin discussion about our Star Wars lives. <laughs> Nothing too exciting this week. Uh, the usual playing with the the toys with my kids. They wanted to watch the Ewoks intro, the 1980s cartoon, because I was mm. doing some research. They watched that, I think, close to 10 times. <laughs> Again, just the intro. And it's the, what season was it? I think it was the first season intro. So it was E, 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 Ewoks. <laughs> Oh, I had that in my head for the entire day. Uh, read it that. Um, and then that was pretty much it. Besides Pedro Pascal, who was on SNL. That was my Star Wars adventure. He was freaking <laughs> hilarious. There, there were so many great sketches that just, I was crying with laughter. I mean, he nailed it. Just loved it. That's beautiful. Saw some clips. Saw some clips. I, I, I look. I, I'm an SNL, not just fan, but I'm one of those like annoying SNL historians. I'm like, well, yes, Tim Kaczynski joined in '82. <laughs> I haven't watched the show in about four or five years, and I watched some clips, and I had the feeling of who are these youngsters on screen with Pedro? I, it, it's right. Got to adjust my thinking. Um, though my old pal Mikey Day is still there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I'm going to be singing your version of the Ewok song. The rest of my days. It's <laughs> incredibly accurate. Uh, yeah, when I was at Disneyland with my uh, in-laws recently, they were talking about It's a Small World being an earworm. So I was trying to think ahead of time of what other songs are more powerful earworms that I could think about immediately afterwards. And I should have mm. thought of the Ewok song because I think it might be mm. the most powerful earworm I've ever encountered. Yeah. And I, I tried to ask my, my seven-year-old, I was like, why do you like this so much? What is it about this song? And she goes, I don't know. And I realized, I think it's the E, 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 E. It's just such a simple. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, like an alphabet song. It's just so simple. And they both, to this day, they, you know, several days later, they're now still singing that song. And now I'm going to have it in my head and in your heads too. I apologize. It's like permission to scream in song form, right? E, 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 E. Exactly. It's John Popper of the Blues Traveler of one thing. The hook brings you back. Ah, uh, that's great. I think I want a punk band, like a modern punk band to do a cover of that Ewoks song. <laughs> oh, We're just good. one big happy family with distortion. 
<laughs> I, I want to get to your adventures, Joseph. I'll start with mine because they're pretty simple. Uh, I've been working on uh, we've been a lot of a lot of great things we're working on around here. By the way, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I'm working on uh, what I think is going to be like my final freelance project of the year. It's only February. That's not good for the year. But anyway, so I'm working on this project. Um, so I had to really start my Mando rewatch, and I I've always loved the Mandalorian. I love Din. I love Grogu. I love the show. No doubt about, about that. But in the back of my head, I'm always like, I don't know. I don't really rewatch this show as much. I haven't seen much of season two since it aired. And I just have this weird kind of uh, almost like a lackadaisical attitude towards it. So I started the rewatch and that song hit. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for season three. <laughs> it's just I got so excited. Even some episodes that, uh, you know, as 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 it happens, you might struggle with an episode the first couple of times you see it. And you see it even years later. You're like, ah, you know, a Toro Calican, you're just a gob and nerf herder okay we'll get through with you um and i just had so much fun it's just been fun i cannot wait for this world uh to come back uh and i know fun is one of the keywords around it uh, but also i think it's gonna be bigger and better and that was just that was part of the my star wars adventure uh for the week just um, a reminder of uh, all parts of the galaxy you can uh find yourself crawling into and feeling nice and warm and fuzzy about it Oh, that's a great one. I'm very excited for Mandalorian. I think it's just so much of the different flavors of Star Wars that uh, that come together. And as you were talking about it, I was my mind was trying to uh, make the word Mandalorian match the Ewoks theme, and it only went okay. E E E and fat fat fat. Yeah, man, 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 man. Mandalorian nah, doesn't quite work. It was just fun. Him, he, him walking into that uh, that first scene in the bar to get the mithril and just, you know, uh, bringing it warm, bringing it cold, and then the music hits. And it was just like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so, so good. Excited, excited for that there. That, that was it. That was it. That was a fun adventure, a work slash uh, Star Wars fan adventure all weekend long. Uh, being locked in the world of Mando. I did get a, a gift. I've got a hand delivered to uh, Joseph is featured in a YouTube short, uh, which we'll uh, have uh, more about that as we have an ask coming. Um, but um, I, I got to, they have a, the, the 20th anniversary of attack, the clones uh, co cover variants. And I, I picked up a Kenobi hanging from that droid. So Joseph, I got, I showed it to you already, but I got to get it to you. I got to get it to you. You got to frame this and put it on a wall. <laughs> no, thank you for picking it up for me. I'm very excited about it. And your video was great and got a great reaction. You were clearly tapping into a, a shared vein of emotion about mm. Attack of the Clones and about that image. Uh, thank you, sir. We'll have a little bit more on YouTube here in a second, but I do want to hear your Star Wars adventures. Yeah, my adventures were almost all uh, action figures and videos in different ways that they might combine. Um for for the video side of things, uh, for myself uh, personally, I spent a, a chunk of the week getting one of my short films ready to put on YouTube. Uh, this is the one that uh, I shot and recorded myself, and then uh, it was played at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival in October of last year. And it's uh, it's a weird one. Uh, so instead of sending it out to a bunch mm -hmm. of other festivals, I'm just putting it online and uh, failing anything uh, weird happening, it should be online as you are listening to this episode, regular listeners. No, we, we generally record on Monday and then release these on Tuesday. So in theory, this new short film, Unboxing the Cosmos, uh, should be ready for viewing on YouTube. And of course, if you are interested, please go check it out. This one is a, a little different. It's definitely got some comedy in it. But it's a little bit of a darker comedy, and it is a little bit of cosmic horror. So, you know, content warning for existential dread. Uh, I would absolutely love 
uh, listeners to, to check it out. But it is uh, up to a point, a little bit of a, a different side of my uh, artistic uh, and creative interest. So uh, mm-hmm. please do check that out. Then my other uh, Star Wars adventure is that uh, I, I opened an action figure. It's always a big deal for me when I open Ooh. an action figure. Uh, I had two of the Retro Vader uh, and I picked him up a while ago going, I just love this figure. For some reason, I want this one out of the package. Uh, and then I realized it would be a great way to celebrate Retro Vader being featured in the uh, new YouTube show <laughs> uh, that that we all uh, released uh, this week. So I opened Retro Vader and had a martini and celebrated the successful release of our new show, Figure Fights. That was kind of my adventure for the week. That's, that's a good. great adventure. Uh, so saw, saw the photo there. And yes, that's uh, one thing we want to discuss before we get to the news. We always have our ask segment and uh, lately it's been about promoting the YouTube channel. But now, uh, Joseph, we want to specifically promote this uh, show, this series we've launched and all the things we got going over there. That is right. We had a great release of this first episode of Figure Fights. If you haven't watched it, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, the concept is instead of Star Wars characters fighting, we pit specific action figures of Star Wars characters in a fight. Our first episode is good old ripped buff Luke from the Power of the Force 2 back in 1995 versus this uh, ironically new Darth Vader that I just opened, the retro Darth Vader, the Dark Times from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So, uh, like I said, really great, really positive uh, reception to it. We really want to grow YouTube, and and what we need now is uh, some help Uh, taking our first step into the larger algorithm. We had a great and positive response from the the listeners and fans that we have on YouTube. But what we really need to grow is to get it past our current audience. So we're kind of asking for support for figure fights in general, which will help us on YouTube. So specific asks. We would love to get to 1,500 views on episode one of figure fights in the next week. That's uh, ask A. (laughs) And ask B is if you're at all willing to share it on social media in whatever way you want to, uh, I think that would help us a ton. Honestly, one of the reasons that we're doing this figure fights show is it's very us. We we love doing it. We also think it's something that can be kind of an ambassador for the way we look at Star Wars, the fun we want to have with it and help us reach a larger audience on YouTube. So uh, I'm just thrilled that we had such a great reception from the people who, who already know us <laughs> and mm-hmm. like what we do. And I think that next step is, can figure fights be used to help us meet new people on YouTube? So that's uh, our big goal. No, it's a great ask. And, and as we've been saying, not just figure fights, uh, essays are coming. You'll be seeing more shorts, but some uh, statue reviews, thanks to Gentle Giant, those kind of things. But figure fights is something we're really excited about. Uh Joseph's got a great concept and he's pulled some wonderful matchups for the next few episodes that, that, that we have to keep secret. Jen doesn't know. Jen doesn't know. Uh, and uh, it's, it's fun. But it, beyond just fun, uh, this is where we're uh, headed. The podcast still remains. The podcast will be the heart and soul, the bread and butter, uh, the meat and potatoes, all the food analogies you can think of. But, you know, the, the business, the economy of podcasting world is uh, always shifting, always changing. And we just felt it was the right time to uh, get our faces out there. Literally, literally, <laughs> yeah, tell me so. Yeah, well said. And uh, we, we were looking at all of you to, uh, if you're willing, help us uh, get some places. 
Yeah. And then the the final thought on that is, like uh, Ken said, we got uh, an essay coming this week. Uh, basically, Thursdays, that we're going to have a new thing on YouTube. So right now, we're going to be alternating between uh, an essay and a new episode of Figure Fight. So look for a fun essay coming this week. And then the second episode of Figure Fights will be out on Thursday, February 16th. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So thanks again for everyone. It was a lot of fun. We did the live premiere and we hung out with a lot of people in chat that morning. It was good. A cup of coffee, some Star Wars figures, and some friends. That was a good a good start to the day. Mm-hmm. Let's get to some Star Wars news. Like I said up top, there's a little tidbits emerging here. People in writers' rooms, all those kind of things. Uh, we'll discuss those as the shows uh, move closer. Information gets more concrete. But one story that uh, was teased yesterday by E.K. Johnston did happen as we were sitting down to record today. And that is that uh, she, uh, about uh, you know, for us Monday morning, about an hour ago, uh, says uh, on Twitter, I, got, I get to uh, write another Star Wars book or I got to write a Star Wars book. It's complete. And this time we're going crimson. And then she shared a wonderful piece of cover art for the book Star Wars Crimson Climb. This, of course, will be based around Kira. And you got this great, great uh, piece of art on the cover. It's it's Kira in the, the solo Star Wars uh, jacket, Star Wars story jacket. She's got Han's dice, but man, she, she looks like she's been through some stuff and she's going to go some places. I love this cover. I love this idea. We don't know anything else about it, uh, but uh, we're here for our quick reactions. Jen, your thoughts on uh, this book coming down the pipeline? I'm going to go Charlie Day with my crazy <laughs> yarn in the background because mm. I'm thinking of timing and I'm thinking of, well, we recently saw Donald Glover. I think it was at the Emmys or Golden mm. Globes. No, it was at the Golden Globes. Uh, and he looked like Lando, like mm. outfit, mustache, all of it. And the speculate, oh my gosh, is it what's going on? Is he trying to send us a clue? I think he's trying to send us a clue. <laughs> and then we have that. So we have that. Now we have this book. Could we see? I don't know. Like, what are they trying to tell us? I, I, I just, I mean, it could just be random. It could just be that, you know, they're like, hey, let's write a, a story on uh, Kira. Um, I wonder if this is a tease. I wonder if this is going to lead up to something, maybe Disney Plus. I mean, mm-hmm. why not? We have Amelia Clark. Could we, could we do something with her? Bring her back. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think Solo 2 is going to happen. But, you know, Alden Ehrenreich recently has been saying he's open to reprising his role. Something's going on. Something's going on in the Lucasfilm water. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I like the Charlie Day theories. I like some Charlie work. Uh, this is spectacular. I have some thoughts on it, but Joseph, I want to get your thoughts on this book, this cover, and then we'll hear your theories. Oh, I, I love uh, this idea of that we're being sent a message uh, between uh, <laughs> this human's mustache and this book cover reveal. There are clues and like so connected. Uh, yep, some great uh Benoit Blanc from the the Knives yeah. Out series. Like, oh, he's sensing, he's sensing something. Uh, I hope that's true. I want that to be true. My only reservation about this amazing book, which I'm already thrilled about, is uh, that I do still want to see uh, Amelia Clark in live action. Mm-hmm. Um, I still there's so much story to be told, but but the kind of ultimate showdown between her and Maul and how that connects with Maul's story and how he ends up on Malachor. I, I would really love for that to be in on screen, uh, live action first choice. Uh, next uh, would be animated <laughs> movie special, uh, mm-hmm. at least an audio drama so we could hear them. Um, 
but that all that said, I, I really hope that that uh, happens. But I'm just excited for the book because Kira is an amazing character. I feel like we've had lots of chats uh, lately about the the sort of uh, uh, the people who you can really empathize with why they're making uh, choices that you maybe don't entirely agree with their <laughs> violent yeah. choices, but you can really understand the situation that they found themselves in, that they're trying to figure out the way forward. Kira mm-hmm. is such a fascinating character you can empathize with. Um, so I love Kira. E.K. Johnston's Padme books are among my favorites. And I'm really excited by, uh, here, here's now where I'll, you know, try to be a, a clue analyzer. <laughs> the fact that the cover is her um, her great jacket from Solo, her get things done jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, her cover up the Crimson Dawn insignia and get things done jacket. And that she still has the dice. Uh, makes me really interested to see that this is her story of her climb basically in between the time periods that we see her in Solo. Mm. Um, Now, E.K. Johnston's Padme books have done a great job of kind of jumping around in time a little bit and jumping Mm. around in focus. So maybe that's the main focus, but it could still hop around uh, in the timeline. Uh, And I know some of those kind of beats of this era recovered in Ray Carson's Most Wanted, but I'm still happy that this could be the book that you're like, you watch the first chunk of Solo, you pause the movie, you <laughs> read this book, and then you catch up with Kira. Right. Yeah, yeah. you both get me excited for uh, this book. I, I do really love what E.K. Johnston did with the Padme novels, the Ahsoka novel as well, which was in the news recently, of course, the Tales of Jedi stuff. Uh, but one of the things about the Padme stuff is exactly what you're talking about, Joseph, about not just going around the corners of some movies we're already so familiar with, but going into the mind of the characters, Padme, the handmaidens during that time. And it really just helps just uh, add so much more context and, and uh, depth to some of those movies and scenes, even years later, later, I think she's good at that. And, and I, I kind of think you could get that and, and maybe big, some, some big answers. I love that Kira has been brought back in the comics. I, I really want to be clear about that. I even like the story they built around her and I've loved uh, a lot of the issues. Um, I, I still, it's missing something for me. And I think you hit on something that it is missing, Joseph, which is I kind of want those big answers and those bigger moments of, of Maul and all that kind of stuff. So I guess I just like a lot of folks want to make Solo 2 happen as well. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Resistance broadcast, but I, I'm excited to do this and go back to this era of her life. Or actually, again, we don't even really know. This could go several areas, eras. I'm just excited. And as far as your, your, your theory, Jen, that you, you got us uh, thinking about here. What's weird weird about this is you know, the interviews, the mustaches, all that stuff is, is, <laughs> is definitely something you got to toss in the bucket. But yeah, since not since like the early days of the modern publishing, we're talking 24, 2014, excuse me, uh, in 2015, I, I haven't seen like just a random book pop up too much. Yes. It, it, it's a lot of synergy, right? A lot of mm-hmm. it's season of Kenobi. High Republic, it's its own kind of uh, wonderful thing. But, you know, we, we got that stuff going on recently which have produced some wonderful books the padme ones were somewhat on their own i would say it wasn't like we had a padme series coming but hey i'm i'm over open for that um but it but but it was also celebrating a character that's just uh the legacy's been uh felt more and more over the years that being padme so you know it could be kira there's a there's a groundswell of support for kira she's back in the comics maybe it's just that maybe EK says, Hey, look, I got an idea, or maybe they approach her, Hey, we got an idea, but I'm gonna just get caught up in a little bit of the of the of the fun and 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 hope that something is is brewing. I'll just just manifest in that. I'm putting that out into the galaxy. So hopefully it can become true. 
I mean, I, if nothing else, if Lucasfilm isn't planning anything, you know, hey, I, I hope the mustache is <laughs> instigation. I hope this book is instigation because I think, yeah, I, I think the public, the publishing side is sometimes responsive. Either it's the season of Kenobi or, hey, this question about Poe is brought up. Let's answer it, you know, mm-hmm. after Rise of Skywalker. I think it's also that, you know, the publishing side, they're fans too. And maybe they're just like, yeah, we want more Kira. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so right. we're going to show there's, there's demand. Um, yeah. Final thing for me is I, I also just think it should be noted that that it's it's just great to celebrate this character and just get more enthusiasm for her regardless. I think one of the powerful things about E.K. Johnston is that she really it, it doesn't pull her punches and the, the, and the publishing side often doesn't with harder topics and mm-hmm. topics in Star Wars that that blend into the real world. And the fact that Kira's story is is kind of dark, right? Mm-hmm. that she's afraid of being caught up and and you know being treated as is property you know by mm-hmm. one of these cartels and that she's trapped in this machine in the story of this woman who's trapped in a machine who kind of wants that machine wants to control her and her response is if i'm going to be trapped in this machine i'm going to be in charge of it mm-hmm. that's some potentially both empowering and dark real world yeah. stuff so i'm also mm-hmm. kind of excited for that yeah yeah, at the end of the day, it's a Kira story. Uh, all of our theories. Will she appear in Mando 3? Will she? Be- eh, maybe. Who knows? But we have this book. And of course, we'll give you some uh, information when we have more details. Jen, any final thoughts on uh, on uh, the cover? More theories, more strings attached to pieces of evidence before we move on. Yeah, I, I definitely keep coming back to the question of why now? Why now? <laughs> They have to have a reason for why now. It could be like you're saying, Joseph, that they're fans and they're like, we want that. Or maybe E.K. Johnston pitched it. She's like, I have this idea. But why now? Mm. Why? (laughs) 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 With a short tie and a a short sleeve buttoned up shirt just in a basement going crazy. Why now? Why now? It all started with this. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm no, it's great. It. I love it. Now I'm gonna yeah. have to Google uh, the the mustache look. <laughs> look it up. I mean, classic. So Lando, Billy D. Williams. It was a sign. It's not a sign. <laughs> it's a wink because he knows the yeah. minute he he looks like that and and dresses like that. The fans are going to go crazy. He knows that, so it's either like <laughs> I'm in on the joke, or <laughs> we're we're coming, we're going to have a we're going to have Lando back. <laughs> it's a sign. Look, normally I'd be like, "Come on, it's just some facial hair," but you know, you and McGregor's Obi Wan beard caused quite a stir, and uh, we had reason to be stirred by it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There you go. I'm getting on to some of the other news of the day. Visions Volume 2 is coming our way soon. As we already knew, the second volume of Star Wars Visions has long been announced, uh, but now we know when we will be able to see it, and it is May 4th, 2023 on Star Wars Day 2023. Nine animated shorts from filmmakers from nine studios from around the galaxy and our globe will uh, be available for all of us to watch. All right, I'm going to run down a list. I'll make my normal A. My dumb American can't say all these names. I was going to try to extra hard to research this because, you know, our American accents keep us, uh, keep our tongues from saying certain things. I just had this conversation with an Australian on Fortnite about our (laughs) tongues aren't built to say things all the time. So bear with me while I get through this list. Sith by El Giri Studios, director Rodrigo Blas, 
Screechers Reach by Cartoon Saloon. I can say that one. And director Paul Young. That is the Irish studio up there. In the Stars by Punk Robot. What a production company studio there. And director Gabriel Osorio. I Am Your Mother by Ardman Studios. And director Magdalena Osinka. Journey to the Dark Head by Studio Mir. And director Ying Gin Park. Uh, the Spy Dancer by Studio La Cachette. And director Julian Cheng. Bandits of Golak by 88 Pictures and Ishan Shukla. The Pit by Diart uh, Chateau and Lucasfilm. This is a co-production there. Directors Leandra Thomas and Justin Ridge. And A's song, Oz song, I'll take your votes on how to say that one, by Triggerfish and directors Nadia Darius and Daniel Clark. Again, sincere apologies for my American tongue on all the pronunciations and pronunciations, as I even love messing up that word sometimes on purpose. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, it's a joke that I say, and, and it's been carried too many times, and people think I say it. Anyways, uh, that's a lot of titles. Nine wonderful stories around the globe. Of course, as we know, Volume 1 was mostly with uh, Japanese studios and the anime style, but uh, this one's going to be around the world. So uh, any titles, creators, do they jump out to you here, Jen? Oh, my gosh. So three in particular. I'll go through them fast. Number one, I Am Your Mother. Very, very intriguing title to me. Uh mm. And I hope it involves a reimagining of Vader as a mother and Luke as her daughter. Uh, Sith mother, oh my, my mind is exploding thinking of the possibilities. Um, second one, Screechers Reach, because Cartoon Salon produced Wolfwalkers. And Wolfwalkers is an animated fantasy adventure film that came out in 2020, I think. It's incredible. Highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. My daughter is obsessed with it. We've watched it countless times. So hmm. I'm excited to see their particular style, Cartoon Salon style, in the Star Wars galaxy. It has this beautiful, like, folkloric kind of quality to it. Um, the last one, The Pit from uh, Leandre Thomas, who is um, in management at Lucasfilm. He's not a creative. He's in management at Lucasfilm, but he also happens to be an indie filmmaker. And this one gets me excited because he wrote and directed this short, which Mm. means his idea must be really, really good. And Mm. I love that Lucasfilm knows when an idea is good, they don't care what department you're coming from. They're going to try and, and help you create that vision and so they've paired him with a star wars director justin ridge who has worked on clone wars uh resistance star wars rebels i just it gets me excited i mean look at what happened with john knoll and rogue one story right like if they know a good story and they're going to champion it and that is exciting mm. that's well well done well researched look at this you even know what their <laughs> studios are uh, made. I, I, I haven't had a chance to put those up there. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, Joseph, uh, what jumps out to you here? Yeah, well, I'll start by echoing uh, Jennifer's uh, first choice. Uh, I Am Your Mother, I think, would be way up there uh, on the list just by the title. Um, you know, the the sort of uh, subversion of it, taking such a, a famous line, and it, it raises so many interesting questions of how is this going to be perceived i hadn't even thought of it uh, like you did jennifer of a, of a direct like let's tell the classic <laughs> uh you know uh, a parent child story but from this different perspective um a lot of people have been very excited also by the studio ardman you know uh famously the wallace and gromit studio mm. um and i think if it was just if they hadn't listed the titles or the directors and they just listed the studios i'd be like yeah mm. 
give me a, you know an hour of you know a, a shadra a cute uh claymation chadrafan eaten space cheese right right <laughs> right uh that's what we associate uh at least uh, uh that's what i associate with the studio but then the title i am your mother and then the the sentence in the press release about this director magdalena uh asinska uh, is currently developing the feature film Josea uh, based on her grandmother's memories of World War II Poland. Hmm. So not that anyone's a monolith, um, but if this director uh, works at Ardman and is interested, <laughs> you know, in uh, kind of a larger, more dramatic, more tragic uh, ideas than necessarily uh, Wallace and Gromit, it, hmm. it's just a really interesting fusion of what exactly is this going to be? You know, mm-hmm. is this going to be... Uh, a lighthearted, fun Wallace and Gromit thing, or is this going to be something yeah, deeper and and stranger? You know. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, again, good research on the studio there too, and um, that title alone, "I Am Your Mother," just the the Star Wars ramifications of that. And yes, we know it's not. "I Am Your Father" was not exactly the quote. Yeah. Direct, right. the, <laughs> the direct quote. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's that alone. That's good stuff. Yeah. And then a couple others uh, quickly. Um, the the spy dancer <laughs> by the title uh, is just the title alone, and then the, the studio uh, La Cachette, uh, Cachette uh, being French. Uh, this is the one that I'm going to need to you know uh, tell my wife about immediately when she gets home uh, tonight. Uh, she is a dancer. <laughs> uh, she uh, speaks French uh, and the spy thing, right? I think this is part of what's exciting about this entire list is I absolutely love season one of visions, but a lot of it was the central Jedi Sith force, uh, the, the samurai heritage of star Wars being reexamined. So I'm really interested in seeing different elements of star Wars being explored. And the idea of spies in star Wars is something that always gets kind of danced on, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I want to spend more quality time with like full on espionage. So something that's like the French's take on a uh, galactic dancing spy is very thrilling to me. Uh, Yes. That's, that's absolutely a good choice there. Uh, Awesome. Any other ones there? Uh, the the other two that jumped out at me in particular is the 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 Aus song how A U song by Triggerfish. Um, I'm very interested in the the different cultures, the South African take on Star Wars, and the fact that this one sounds like it's probably about music. Um, I really like Tatooine Rhapsody. I know that was uh, one of your faves of the first season, so I'm interested in the music ones. And then also, uh, I didn't know anything about the studio uh, cartoon uh, saloon, uh, but the title Screechers Reach that evokes much more Western day in the life Tatooine yeah. stuff yeah. and an Irish studios uh, mm-hmm. perspective on maybe people who are just trying to keep to themselves, but have some problems with imperialism. I don't know. That might be interesting. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, it's so funny you say that uh, Screech's reach is one of my favorites. Cause it sounds like part of the red dead redemption Two map. I haven't reached it. <laughs> <yet, so. laughs> exactly. Uh, well done. No, I I'm right there with you on the spy dancer. If for me, it invokes uh, one of my favorite characters from the third series of, of Robotech, which was Lancer, who was a kind of resistance fighter while being a singer and a pop star and a dancer and just kind mm. of to go around uh, and, and, and being part of the fight. Again, this could be something entirely different, but the spy dancer seems like a pretty direct title. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like you said, uh, coming from uh, the, the, the French studio, that's just, uh, I'm thinking of, 
Do we have Moulin Rouge? Rouge uh, Moulin Rouge. Rouge. <laughs> Today's one of the. I have. Other t- I have pulled a chest muscle, and I can. I'm sitting back in my chair, like I'm like I'm Jabba the Hutt, just I can barely move. Only only my uh, hands. Um, yeah, that one that that one just syncs up uh, really well for me. Uh, like I said, I'm the I'm your mother. Just makes you think Star Wars there, but uh, I don't know, man. Something about the bandits of Golak that just mm-hmm. just sounds so uh, Star Wars underworldly, uh, and and I just like uh, I like I like uh, what's going on there. But I want to talk about the series overall with both of you here, uh, Jen. I think during Volume One, uh, we didn't get as much uh, chance to talk to you about it. Uh, what's your favorite thing about this series? We got nine stories, nine studios, nine parts, nine parts of the world, and and taking their influences uh, and, and, and focusing it back on Star Wars, which often influenced so many other things. But uh, it's also not canon, and it's uh, inspired by, and some people either like that or, or, or don't love that. Uh, so wh- wh- what's your thoughts on the series overall? I am so excited because it gives us something new. I love that it doesn't have to be canon. It can be whatever these creators want. I mean, look, the Spy Dancer could be around a Jabba's palace dancer. Mm. You know, like the just the possibilities are endless. And that is what gets me excited because we all have these headcanons or fun ideas of what if this happened, right? Well, these creators get to bring that to life. They bring their unique styles and aesthetic. Um, it's just, oh, it just makes me so uh, happy. And I think what I would love to see them do is to use this as a way to workshop or kind of test maybe a new animated show or movie. Mm. Like, why mm. not? If something hits really, really well, it could yeah. be like a pilot, a backdoor pilot, if you will, for something. Uh, so it's longer because sometimes I watch these things like with Star Wars Visions, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want this to end. I want to see the next <laughs> episode, right? Yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe that's a possibility. I, I think that there's always that possibility, but I just, I'm really looking forward to this series. Yeah, I, I like that idea too of just um, being able to bring new creators and, and visions and styles and perspectives and studios into the process. And it, it, all it all it has to be is just this, and you can keep doing visions. But uh, can someone like this get involved in a, in a series and uh, all that kind of stuff? It's always been the appeals, uh, and I love this series. I love I love what the first one did, and just as you said earlier, really exploring the samurai roots of uh, a lot of George's influences early on. We, we, we know that. And Filoni, just look at the, the Soka issue, uh, issue at, at episode of Mandalorian mm-hmm. season two. I mean, it's all there, but uh, I love kind of expanding the scope and seeing because Star, Star Wars is truly global. And this is uh, what I'm mm-hmm. enjoying about this uh, second volume. Once we uh, see it, of course, we'll know more of those uh, influences and uh, what they put into the stories. But Joseph, what's your favorite thing about this series as we head into volume two? Yeah, I think it's the the idea that canon is is wonderful. Canon is powerful when it can deepen the story and deepen our connection to it. But getting overly attached to it can be sort of a, a prison <laughs> mm-hmm. that you build for yourself. Um, so I think it's just so nice to to take a break from any sort of canon uh, concerns, which cause us to just get down to the core ideas of Star Wars. Right when you're mm-hmm. you're watching one of these shorts there's no like but when exactly on the timeline is this uh is cad bane still alive at this point like it just there's none of that so you're just focusing on what core idea of star wars is being explored and for me having it come from all of these uh these different studios right it's it's a great way to celebrate that um idea of the the universal through the specific 
of finding uh, what is what is true and, and connects us. Uh, but but learning that by also hearing about differences, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that was present in the first season that you know the the real core idea of of some of the shorts were were real. Uh, core ideas of Star Wars, but they were expressed in really different ways. They were realized in in different ways. Uh, you you got a little bit more of the culture of the people creating them, and and through that filter. And we're only going to have more of that uh, uh, in seeing all of these different uh, different animation studios from different parts of the world. I also just really like that it is some bite sized Star Wars for a quick rewatch. Uh, a couple of times when I've been watching uh, those screeners of Bad Batch. Like later in the day, I'm just like, oh, I, I don't have time to sit down and watch a movie. I don't want to watch a random episode in the middle of a Clone Wars arc, but I feel like watching some Star Wars. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, Visions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like in the last couple of weeks, weeks, I've rewatched The Elder in the Village Bride a couple times because they're just a great little bite-sized bit of, mm-hmm. of staying in the world of Star Wars. Staying in the world of Star Wars, indeed. Yeah, I, I love that there. Jen, did you have a chance to... Uh, Fall in love with Tatooine Rhapsody like I did, the the rock band one from volume one. Oh, that was a great one. So unexpected. I would have never, I mean, wildest imaginations, right? I just, I love that. I loved the one with the, um, oh my gosh, and I can't remember her name. She was the bunny. <sighs> but anyways. Uh, yes. Thank you. That one my daughter loved as well. And that was what was so fun is that, like you're saying, Joseph, like the fact that it, it can be more like a Star Wars snack, right? Sometimes I can't always get my kids to sit down with me and be like, let's, let's watch this episode. They're like, eh. but this, this was like, you know, short enough. So it's like, wow, I liked that. Oh yeah. Okay. Star Wars is cool again. Okay, great. And, and it makes my heart happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a little Star Wars snack in the day. I love a little Star Wars snack back. Orange slices, some ice, some Capri Sun, little snack. Yeah. Uh, well, well said, uh, both of you on the series. Uh, excited to see. Um, excited to see what's going on with this stuff here. We'll have more information as uh, it comes out. But this is pretty much what we got until Star Wars Day 2023, which will be post celebration. It's weird that we're that close to celebration. We're already looking past it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we got action figure news, a little bit of Mandalorian season three news. But before we do that, we have a Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we have today? We still have Path of Deceit by Justina Ireland and Tessa Gratton, the High Republic adventure that we will be reading eventually. If you <laughs> want to be caught up with us, you can uh, check it out in audiobook form. You can indeed by uh, downloading your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Force Center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. We'll be back with more news here on Force Center. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Force Center, episode 531 of an ongoing series of our Welcome to the Star Wars world. <laughs> but only uh, that's num- the number for this show. We are uh, happy to produce uh, s- uh, four shows a week for you all, and I hope you enjoyed Databank Dive this past week. Check it out. Cloud Cars is what we celebrated. I hope you're all enjoying that series. Let's get to some news. Actually, the transition I was trying to make there is we did look on Data Bank Dive at Cloud Cars, and we had asked, hey, who are the kids who got Cloud Cars for Christmas? And we had some people actually respond with uh, photos from Christmas mornings in 1980s. We actually had some people playing with the Cloud Cars. Joey Corbett. Uh, uh, one of our listeners tweeted uh, a Christmas 1980 picture with a bunch of classic Kenner boxes and the cloud car there. So toys, figures, all those things are very important. And the Hasbro Pulse folks, well, it's Hasbro Pulse mania because new figs are coming our way. Lots of collecting excitement this week. 
more, I, maybe it's because I was just clued in more, more excitement than I remember in, in, in recent years, but maybe that's just my opinion perspective on it. They made several announcements about new figures and collectibles. I'll say this. We used to try to run through all the list. Um, they're out, they're out there. You can find them. Uh, I, I do. There's so many of them that I always would end up missing. And then Joseph would be like, well, what about this one? And Jenny, so I just, I'm picking it to you all there. What's your excitement level these days? And any items jump out to you? Hmm. Uh, Jennifer, please. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to set a timer to contain myself. Oh, so I'm, I'm, wow. I want to hear your, uh, your thoughts first. I'm on the opposite end. Well, no, I think that they look great. The figures look great. We'll dive into the specific ones that about me in a minute, but I can't collect any more stuff. I just can't do it. I'm constantly trying to declutter my kids' toys. I'm not getting rid of my toys. So it's just, things are piling up. Um, but here's what I'll say. So that being said, I came across a Princess Nisa bank, little piggy bank, mm. and I almost got it. And that's when I realized, oh, no, I'm still buying Star Wars stuff. I'm still collecting, but I really like to collect. When the minute you said cloud card, I went, oh, I gotta find, I've got to find that on eBay. Because there's something about reclaiming that nostalgia, like owning mm. that piece of my Star Wars history that is really appealing and feels really good and it's almost like i'm rescuing a toy right from being mm. discarded it re purpose recycle reuse right i'm like oh we can we can display that in our home it feels <laughs> like unless my kids are going to play with it i just can't justify buying another action figure mm -hmm. even though they look so cool i can't yeah. do it can't do do, you, do your daughters have any in I know that you have like uh build a bears and you have like uh some uh, uh, different um I'm dolls right mm -hmm. uh, wh what is for you as a parent of daughters at this point what is the dividing line between doll and action figure as is that just marketing does it mean anything yeah it's more just about the type of play i mean they we part of the reason i, I had to actually put away some of my action figures when they're there they incorporate it into their imaginary play the those nice. action figures play with barbies and lol dolls there's no discrimination <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean they just go along yeah. for the ride maybe they're the shopkeeper what you know po po is usually on a mission to rescue someone mm. so um <laughs> it's it's all equal opportunity but at the same time I had this really cool Jawa that got destroyed. It was a Black Series Jawa from the uh, Mandalorian. Mm. And it just got, the legs got torn off. My dog got a hold of it. And I just, <laughs> I got so sad. And then my daughter the other day, she starts putting dirt in the, the chicken walker. And I'm like, no, you can't, you can't do that. My other daughter was playing with it. She put a tiny Elsa in it. I'm like, that's cute. The next thing I know, she's throwing it up in the air. And I'm like, oh, that is a vintage. Like, that was your dad's when he was a kid. And she's like, oh. So anyways, all that being said. Well, it's got Not your father's now. chicken walker. <laughs> exactly. I thought that, I said, that's your father's toy. And I just thought, oh my gosh, the neighbors are going to think I'm nuts. Well, they already think I'm nuts. Walk around in Ewok costumes. <laughs> uh, it's so great. This was your father's chicken walker. <laughs> mm. That's wonderful. Oh, That's wonderful. Well, uh, well said in so many uh, ways there, Jen. Love that. Well, I'll, I'll jump in here real quick because, Joseph, I do want to hear your action to it. You are a uh, uh, resident uh, figure collector these days still. I, I'm in, as I've discussed before, in the, in the boat Jen is where I have to really be careful about what I get uh, and, and make sure it, it counts, so to speak, and can fit on the shelf. 
Uh, and I, but I got to tell you, scroll. I'm even scrolling through on Starbucks.com on their list, and I'm also looking at uh, another website for the some of the announcements. And there's some things I want on that too. But the, the, the even the the premium electric uh, uh, biker uh, scout helmet. <laughs> I, I mean, mm. as I, my longstanding love affair with the biker scouts, the scout troopers, like I, how could I not own this one? This seems. I don't. I have a seven and five eighths head, so I don't think I'm fitting in this. But <laughs> I'm gonna try. Like I, I had the the real life hound helm at one of my old jobs from Game of Thrones, and I I would just put that on in the office. Everyone thought I would. Jenny, <laughs> neighbors, people thought I was a nutball at a company built on nutball. Uh, so this is tempting for me to begin there. I mean, but but the Revenge of the of the Jedi Vader. Uh, the the Han Solo, the Rebel Commander. Maybe it's because we just did a data big dive on Nick Sant, Joseph, but the Rebel Commando figure with the changeable face to put on Nick Nick Sant in his beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, how could I not own that? How could he not own a little Nick Sant beard? <laughs> yeah, no, that one's powerful on multiple levels. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and then the uh, the Vader. The, the uh, Death Star 2 Vintage Collection Darth Vader. This, of course, the mask comes off. You got the you got the Sebastian Shaw Hayden face there, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. I love that. I've said before, uh, I, I, I over the years, even when I wasn't, when didn't have a Star Wars podcast and Star Wars was in the rearview mirror, I was pulling Vaders if I saw them on the aisles. Like, I, I putting those in the carts. Um, got some milk, got a Vader. I have a lot of <laughs> Vader, especially three, three quarters over the years. And this one just, I just, how could I not? It just looks so good. It looks so good. And they get you, they get you. And I and I don't mean that cynically, but I also kind of do. They get you with the packaging because the Han Solo Return of the Jedi, even the weak way, man, that looks just that. That's my childhood in a package. And mm-hmm. it's right. hard not to. It's just why we love this stuff. And I'm just looking at, this is some of the announced stuff. And then some of the the things that we just have photos of. It, it's almost like the empty box campaign all over again uh, the Cat Banes and some of the ones I know you probably want to discuss Joseph there uh, it, it this was just a really good batch which also speaks to the Book of Boba Fett bringing in a lot of action figure ready characters uh, even stuff from Mander they got one of the the, the uh, Stormtrooper slash Clone Trooper you know early uh, uh, forms of that from Andor that, that got me excited stuff from Kenobi it's just been a fun time for Star Wars which makes sense that we'd have some cool action figures on the way. So that's the end of my speech, Joseph. But I do <laughs> want to know, what's your excitement level? What are you looking for in these items? Oh, my excitement level is only uh, contained even a tiny bit by the physical space in both my home and my storage space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been on just a real action figure kick uh, in some of the kind of remodeling that Sarah and I have done of our home. Uh, I've really embraced this idea that action figures can be many things and they are many things to many people. So I'm not telling anybody else what action figures should be to you. But for me, they are little pieces of art and it is the figure themselves, but it is the card. You know, you can look at it as and like, eh, they remade the exact same sculpt and then they put it on a different card. And you can look at it as, yep, they're getting you to buy the same figure twice. That's totally legitimate. But also for me, the card is a part of the art. The fact that that Han Solo says, you know, the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi on the card with that different image, that's a part uh, of what I'm celebrating. So in, in our remodel, we've set up, I've managed to set up like multiple spaces that are, uh, I'm going to rotate what figure is there. So I can have like, uh, I don't have an action figure collecting problem, 
uh, I have an art collection and I rotate the display. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a, a good way to say it. Beautiful way to look at it. Yeah, is is there is still the possibility of the actual absolute stereotype of uh, how did he die? Well, a bunch of plastic fell on him. That's how that's who found him. Um, but I've just been enjoying that. I've also just been finding more ways to to share my love of action figures uh, by doing things like our figure fights show, um, mm-hmm. the not unboxing videos I've been doing on TikTok and all that. So it, it makes me more excited to connect with other collectors and make it a social thing as well. So that, that's my general kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, and Ken, I think you're right. Um, I think this uh, announcement uh, was was just well done. It it, it had a variety of, of types of figures uh, mm. from a variety of media. And I think that helped to get that excitement level. I think if people are curious, mm. for me, the best roundup is on uh, galacticfigures.com, formerly Jedi Business. It's a site we reference often because uh, mm. I think they do a great job. So, uh, yeah, there's there's vintage collection announcements, Black Series announcements, and then pipeline announcements, which is uh, basically we're going to make these eventually, but we don't even have pictures yet. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think also th- uh, in this announcement, uh, in particular for the pipeline stuff, there was some dream come true. This is what uh, fans want. And for me in that in that category, uh, the Jedi Luke from from Book of Boba Fett in particular. Like mm. it was amazing to see Luke in Mandalorian season two, but it's like, yeah, he's he's wearing his his stuff that he wears. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I am excited about it as an action figure because of the card. But in Book of Boba Fett, mm. he's got a different black shirt. <laughs> he's got that nice like little robe vibe. It's it's comfy, cozy uh, calf in the morning and train Grogu while you're dancing around in the trees using the Force. I I'm so excited for that uh luke uh vintage collection and black series in the pipeline but vintage collected in in particular they announced a two-pack from the kenobi show in the pipeline of uh obi-wan and battle damaged vader from Mm. uh their final fight Mm. um so many people were moved by seeing hayden's face under the mask and now we're going to get it in plastic form beautiful uh they announced the n1 starfighter uh mando's n1 starfighter all sorts of dream uh come true stuff mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. extremely excited for that uh and then with the pictures the kens the ones you were talking about the death star 2 vader is great uh the piet is great yeah. uh in particular that's one where the card is a, a huge part of it because hey I, i'd pick up uh piet from empire strikes mm-hmm. back there's a bunch of great ones but this image of him with the death star in the background and him kind of turning to <laughs> yeah. bark in order at uh, someone in the data pits beautiful uh, uh beautiful. that figure needs an arvel crinid Uh, to be paired with it (laughs) it absolutely does yeah you can create the picture of uh, piet's imminent demise yeah uh yeah and then the black series has that rebel trooper uh with the switchable face where you can put nick sant's bearded face on the Mm -hmm. younger guy but it also just makes it seem like hey do you do you want to uh, make this guy age suddenly (laughs) Do it. <laughs> this is yeah. called five years time for most uh, men in their forties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this yeah. is right around the corner. You're 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 holding up well in your late thirties. Now look at this. Um, <laughs> final thought for me is the the retro collection continues uh, to go strong, and they announced an entire line of retro collection focusing specifically on Book of Boba Fett. And, and this is what you were saying, Ken. It's a it's a great celebration 
of the show, Book of Boba Fett, and, and it's got some real winners in there. That that Jedi Luke again, uh, Cad Bane, uh, Nomad Boba Fett, uh, Chris Anton, uh, the Black Series Chris Anton was criticized for being a little bit too thin. Uh, retro figures are supposed to be thin. <laughs> so, so Chris Anton will be a, a very interesting selection there. So, all right, I'm stopping myself. No, that is a that's a a great look at it there. Yeah, the pipelines. I mean, even the N one Starfighter for Mando, like that's that's something I'm gonna want to at least look at. At least consider adding it to my art collection. There, <laughs> uh, anything not announced, we still want uh, and need soon with a capital N. Need, need, need. Jen, is there something that's uh, missing here that you must have? Oh, I'm going to go in a totally different direction. I realize that now. Uh, you mm. know, Disney has this uh, I L Y. I, I think it's I love you. I love you forever line of dolls. They're hmm. 18 inches. So they're kind of like, uh, for those of you who might know, like an American girl doll or an our generation doll, a target. And they're inspired by the Disney princesses, Ariel, Jasmine, Mulan. I would love to see Disney Lucasfilm come out with a star Wars version of that. So they hmm. kind of like, they modernize the outfits. They make them look more trendy, more uh, cool. Right. So they take the, the basic idea. So, I'd love to see a Sabine. I'd love to see a Ray, a Leia, a Soka. Um, because I feel like there are a lot of female characters in Star Wars. I'd like to see them in doll form. Besides, you know, we have the Forces of Destiny figures. And I, mm-hmm. the Barbie ones are so insanely expensive. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't let your kids play with those. But there are, you know, there are fans that would like dolls. Um, and it mm-hmm. could also bring in a new type of fan. So I know that this is not a Hasbro thing obviously unless Hasbro Pulse wants to bring that to their their create to their what is it their HasLab I can only imagine the feedback that they would get um but yeah that's just that's my on my wish list I, I'm looking at these they're really cool it really does seem like the idea of like let's take the the colors and the style and the personality of these princesses but make them look a little bit more every day which would be fascinating to do with like yeah. Sabine Right? Mm-hmm. How cool would that be? I think it'd be really, really fun, and it make it would make Star Wars accessible to to young fans who are maybe not as you know clued into it. it but it certainly mm-hmm. would be eye catching on the Target toy aisle. Yeah, no, no, that's that's a great pull. I love that. Uh, I love that one there. That's a great idea. Uh, expanding the toy audience there. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, Joseph, uh, for you, anything? you want uh, out there that hasn't been announced yet i'm scrolling because there's one i want to choose and i'm like have they already done one or not so i'll ask you all when uh, i proposed it but just if it is mine for you yeah i think uh, there's a couple uh, in particular from the mandoverse and from rise of skywalker um mm-hmm. From the Mandoverse, man, do I want that astromech drummer? Um, mm-hmm. You know, hey, th- make a band. That's fine. Throw in, throw in another uh, Max Rebo, and uh, and get get the whole limb debate going again on Max yeah. Rebo. I don't yeah. care, whatever, whatever to get an astromech drummer. Um, I really would love a Garza Whip. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would love a multi pack of Garza Whip in uh, all of her different outfits. Would be great. Um, I would love Pelimoto. Um, I really think that okay. she is such a major character uh, mm-hmm. to the Mandoverse. It would be great uh, to get her in figure form. And, and I, I love the figures. Uh, they lean sometimes towards the the troops because they're the, you can replicate the sculpt. They lean toward, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the badasses. Um, mm-hmm. But I still want everybody represented. And, uh, and I really agree w- w- with, with Jennifer. I, I, they have the Haslab 
functionality. They have a, a built-in Kickstarter a fundraiser. I, I, I wish that they would experiment with kind of smaller run. Do you want, you know, mm. this, you, this Mandoverse set or this book of Boba Fett set of these three or four figures that we're not going to release unless we know the support is there and, and let us find mm. out if the support is there. I, I would love that. Um, same thing then with uh, with Rise of Skywalker. It is just sort of jaw-dropping to me at this point that we're this many years out from Rise of Skywalker and we have this few characters from the mm-hmm. conclusion of the Skywalker saga. And, and one of the things that I think has helped uh, fans over the years warm to things that they maybe didn't like as much is by having them in their hands, by collecting them. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of people who are like, I'm not sure about the prequels, but that design is cool. So I'll get a few malls. Oh, and pretty, pretty soon you're drowning in CO bibbles and you're giving Phantom Menace another chance. Uh, (laughs) And, and Rise of Skywalker, I think needs that treatment. And then even on, on top of that, for the profile of figures that normally get made a little bit more of the, the uh, original trilogy characters, the main characters, the badasses, it's, bonkers the figures that haven't been made there's not a vintage ben solo uh there's not a vintage uh, you know restored emperor or emperor hanging from the claw arm there isn't luke and leia in the jedi training flashback Uh, there isn't finn and poe in their main outfits uh there isn't claude i could go on uh there's so so much from rise of skywalker which i think would do well Mm. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I was scrolling for two figures and you, you, uh, confirmed what I thought there, there's no Pelimoto and there's no Garza Fwip yet. Um, I, the Garza one I get, cause we're still now, we're just starting to see Book of Boba Hood figures, but I really, uh, agree with your thoughts behind why we should have these figures, Joseph, or why it would be a good thing. I am a little surprised that there isn't official like Pelimoto stuff. There's just great customs I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weird. the Tuscan warrior was announced as a pipeline uh, figure okay. a while back. Otherwise, uh, she would be uh, the top of my list as well. Mm. Mm. Great, great list. Yeah, those are some ones I was I, I was interested in seeing. And then uh, this is just one of those news stories that's caused me to go live on air googling. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that biker shot's great. I'd love like an official royal guard one. And you can get one from a company. That has the license uh, of a company called Denuo Novo. And I think we've seen some stuff before. They have official licensed stuff. And there's a bunch of helmets there. And uh, and a Han Solo. This is the company that has the Han Solo Force Awakens leather jacket. And um, mm, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, that's, I guess, maybe I'd, I'd like still the, 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 the Hasbro Pulse version of the Emperor's Royal Guard helmet. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. And just sit there at my computer desk typing. <laughs> Not being able to move my neck, which I can't move my neck today anyway. So it's a perfect time to put on the Royal Guards. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That, that's uh, our excitement for the figures. Uh, yeah, it's just something about this this round of announcements. I don't know. There's just, uh, uh, I've heard more discussion about it than I have in recent years. But again, that might just, might just be my experience. But uh, I'm with you both on there. Uh, final news story of. The day there was a very cool Mandalorian season three poster reveal that's out there. So there's some little tidbits coming out on Mandalorian season three as we get ready for it. Uh, there was also a YouTube, uh, uh, 
something called what was it the phenomenon? I think it was was I went to I went to click on it and there was something wrong with the sound and I on not my computer but like on the U- Disney YouTube or Lucasfilm YouTube it was really weird. But uh, it looks good that's out there. But this bit of news I want to talk about Joseph Shirley is scoring the Mandalorian season three. Film music reporter saying that Joseph Shirley is currently scoring the third season of the Mandalorian, taking over the primary scoring duties from Ludwig Göransson. Of course. Uh, uh, made all the wonderful music season one and two. Shirley's long work with Gornson and the arrangement will probably be in the same vein as the book of Boba Fett, where Gornson was credited with composing the themes and Shirley the score. Thoughts? Any worries? Are we happy? What do we feel about this, Jen? At first, I was a little worried. Why isn't he working on this show? Uh, but then I looked to his IMDb, and he's working on Christopher Nolan's film, Oppenheimer. Um, last year, he did Grogu and the Dust Bunnies, Wakanda Forever, Turning Red. So he's still mm. in the Disney family. He's booked. And mm. I think it just comes down to scheduling. It sounds like he already has a great working relationship with Joseph Shirley. So it just makes sense, right? It's probably just a continuation of what has happened in the past. But now Joseph Shirley is getting that that credit for it. Um, so I just think it's a scheduling thing. That's what I'm trying to tell myself because I <laughs> really like what Ludwig Gordonson and I guess Joseph Shirley have done in the past. Yeah, well, I, you know, Gordonson, uh, you know, was already pretty successful as we know when he, by the time he hit the Mandalorian, but there, there's something to be said about that is working the Black Panther, I think as well, that just kind of elevated him to even a higher level. And I'm sure that calendar is very full and, and he and, and Shirley have had a, had a longstanding working relationship. And so it just makes some sort of sense. And, but I know there's this weird feeling, but I even had it with the book of Boba Fett where you're like, Oh, you just kind of have this perception that, well, then Ludwig's not involved. No, oh, he is involved. But uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean, Jen. Sometimes uh, it, it, it can hit you in a weird way, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I really did love the work in Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did love what they uh, pulled together for that. So it just makes no sense. And I, I just don't think we're going to have a, a any skipping of the beats uh, at all. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of happy uh, that, you know, we're in a situation where, where Ludwig doesn't have to say, hey, I'm out. And now if someone completely new is coming in, uh, this is someone who's uh, kind of part of the musical family. So it's a smooth transition, I think. Uh, and good for him. Good good for Joseph Shirley. But from one Joseph to another, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is weird to uh, hear my first name followed by, you know, the word Shirley. They, they, Joseph Shirley is working on this. Like, no, I'm not. I, I, thank you that you surely think I am. But uh, the old the old Shirley joke. Um, yeah. No, I'm thrilled by this. this is, it, uh, I love uh, Ludwig Gornson, but I, I just don't hear anything bad in this, in that. Mm-hmm. Ludwig Gornson is massively busy with massive uh, projects. Uh, my wife and I just watched Wakanda Forever this weekend. Music's phenomenal. He, he's doing great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love the music of Book of Boba Fett. There was no like, oh, this is a step down for me in any way, shape, or form. So mm-hmm. I, I just, to me, this news is, hey, this gives a chance for another composer to fully shine. And in a couple of years, we'll be getting the news of, oh, no, Joseph Shirley's not doing this yeah. one, you know? Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I, I said up top in the in the Star Wars uh, Life Adventure section, but I, I want to ask you now, both of you, how do those Mandalorian themes and all those uh, hot tunes from that show hit hit us now? Uh, Twenty nineteen seems like so long ago, and yesterday, Jed, uh, the music was brand new. It was something. Uh, oh my gosh, what are they doing with this stuff here? And now it just seems to be part of the wonderful landscape. But how does it hit you? I mean, I always loved the music. I know some people were on the fence about it, but it's amazing how that that Mandalorian theme already is it's iconic. It has some nostalgia to it because to me, it really represents the streaming era of mm. Star Wars. You can play that theme 
And even like non-hardcore fans are going to recognize that it's Star Wars, right? Now, obviously not as much as the main theme, but it's just, it's amazing. I also associate it with Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni's friendship collaboration. Uh, mm. And just, it's, it's really neat. It's amazing how qu- so quickly it can already give me these nostalgic vibes. Yeah. Yeah, the heady days of 2019 there. Uh, <laughs> right. The, the, the music hits, Joseph, and we get excited for Mando. It does. I agree. Iconic is the right word. And, and I really agree with what Jennifer is saying. Is it, it, It's already uh, iconic and uh, modern and evolving, but also of that time, of that introduction to this character, introduction to streaming. Also, you know, for what it's worth, uh, the world's kind of been through a lot since 2019. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's this kind of frozen moment. And, you know, uh, I think Mando season two was, you know, a a moment of joy during a very difficult time globally. So I think there is some of that for me baked into the music. I think it's also that I love all the music, but that main theme, right? There are different kinds of main themes that, that evoke different things. You know, the force theme or Leia's theme or Yoda's theme go to this, you know, very deep uh, interior intuitive place for me emotionally. Right. Mm. Uh, But then you have music that's kind of um, needle drop, uh, walk in entrance. Oh, bleep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) This just got real. Mm -hmm. Uh Oh, here comes. Mm -hmm. So-and-so this has got wrestler entering the arena. This has got James Bond theme of like, Oh, he stole a car. He's going to bleep bleep up, you know, let's go. Uh, that is to me the power of the Mandalorian theme. It is uh, about who he is. It is, it does start off kind of like quiet, but it, 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 it's, but it builds so much and it's just got that energy of like, oh no, you crossed the Mandalorian. Here we go. And, <laughs> and I think that's to me a little bit of the, the power of it. It gets you excited for what's going to happen next. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see what happens with that theme as, as the character finds himself in larger and larger conflicts, is that theme going to, you know, become bigger and, and explode into a kind of galactic scale the same way he is. Mm. I love what you say and, and describe this. It, it, it's such a versatile theme because it does convey movement to me in, in a way, action moving the story forward. But, but often Manda was just standing still when it, when the music hits, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, the music picks you up and takes you to where, the story's going, and, and I've I've loved that. And, and you said earlier, doing the Mando rewatch. I mean, again, there's never been a part of me that hasn't loved the series. There's some things along the way that I was getting used to, and that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, maybe I'm I'm drawn to some of the other series sometimes more in my heart. And then I sat there and watched that first episode, and when he shows up and the doors open and the little little tiny whistle hits the you know the God, man, it just it just uh, <laughs> right? pulls me back in, and I'm so excited and and. Uh, uh, even here in some, you know, what Quill uh, is ch- tra- training him on the blurk, some of the music scores and uh, hit the themes hit. Man, it's just, it's just you're right there, and, and you're, and you're, you're excited for for what's coming next because the music is literally picking you up and tossing you into the next room for the story, and uh, it's so great, so great. It really mm. Well is. said. Yeah, yeah. Mm, can't wait, can't wait. We're almost there. Uh, wow, around the corner, March first, and then next thing you know, we'll be at celebration. And maybe watching all together. Hey, before we leave, and as we say, there's always other bits of news out there. Nice Mando poster, some more stuff on the way. We'll dive into that 
uh, as uh, we get closer to the show. But we uh, like uh, looking at this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past. And we've been doing this segment, I think, for about a year now. I know because I got really excited to celebrate John Williams' birthday. And I realized, well, we did do that last year, actually. We, we're <laughs> trying to cross over here. Not that we can't touch upon these things. So we do want to say happy birthday to John Williams. His birthday will be on the 8th this year. So uh, there you go. Happy birthday to the Maestro. Still going strong. Uh, has uh, more plans for the Hollywood Bowl and other concerts this year. He's kind of rescinded that retirement thing. Uh, which I, I I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. I'm, we haven't really talked about that. That he's kind of like, ah, oh, second thought, maybe I'm not done. Uh, Jen, it's, it's got to make us happy, right? A Star Wars nerd. I love that. I love that he's not done. He's got more more of wonderful uh, themes to give us. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He made that joke at the Hollywood Bowl concert uh, mm. last year, last fall, mm. uh, for his uh, 90th birthday. Mm. Walked out and he's like, you know, given the reception. I'm not going to retire. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Love that. So happy birthday, Johnny. Johnny Williams, TV score composer for the 50s. Uh, but another <laughs> date we want to highlight, February 10th, 2012, the Phantom Menace 3D hit theaters and made $102.7 million at the box office, thus pushing the movies, the movies international, worldwide, galaxy-wide box office take over the $1 billion mark. Uh, so going back in time, before 4 Center, only a few years before 4 Center, mm. uh, did we take in this viewing of episode one, Joseph? I don't think we've really discussed this uh, ourselves here. Yeah, no, I, I almost did, and I really wish I I had. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it was such a weird time for Star Wars and for the prequels. Uh, but but here's my weird thing with it. Um, for a couple of years, I performed on that uh, cruise, uh, Jonathan Colton's Joko cruise, uh, which, you know, particularly when I was starting out, was, you know, a collection of a few hundred uh, music and uh, com- comedy genre nerd fans, uh, and it was in the Caribbean. And uh, we had one of our days on, I believe it was Grand Cayman Island. Uh, mm. And they were showing Phantom Menace in 3D. And at that time, it was still a kind of like everybody, quote unquote, agreed <laughs> mm. that the prequels weren't great. Um, mm. You know, there, there were some jokes at their expense. Uh, and I was like, you know, I said to Sarah, like, maybe maybe we should just go see it because it would be a fun conversation. People would be utterly shocked if I told them, <laughs> what did you yeah. do on this beautiful island? Ah, I saw Phantom Menace in 3D. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I really want to consider it. And Sarah's down for it. And then uh, there was some kind of accident. So there's police tape in front of the theater. <laughs> oh. So uh, a strong memory of almost seeing it, but not uh, is my reaction to this one. Oh, almost, but there. I'm with you. I wish I would have seen it. I wish I would have seen it. It was a different time. Uh, I was definitely not uh, the prequel loving fan that I am now. I was the secret, I'll watch it when no one's looking kind of fan over this and slowly making my way to appreciating this era a lot more. Uh, but yeah, I missed it. And, and I really wish I, I did. Uh, Jen, uh, you're our only hope. Did you see it in the theaters? I did n- not. And oh. I think I even remember asking people if it was worth it and they were like nah (laughs) 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 Uh, so no I I, I've never really been a fan of 3D I I must put that disclaimer out there although I did like Captain EO uh, but for the most part I just don't think 3D well no Avatar I had two I have not seen Uh, I hear it's amazing right Right, but generally 
I, it just doesn't work for me. I, I'm with you. I, I, I will stand with you on that. Said not. I have no problem with the technology and things are getting better. I'm just one of the ones that get sick on any rides that has it. I, I yep. swear they shut down some of the, the Harry Potter Harry Potter stuff at Universal Studio because I nearly uh, threw up on that ride. So I, I'm sure they looked at me and said, "All right, that's enough. Knapsack's down. We got to shut this down." So I'm with you on that there, and I think that's part of why I, I didn't take it in there. But yeah. but one of the things, you know, again, the time not just in our lives as fans, but where we were. This is the beginning of a big era of digital media explosion, even though digital media, YouTube, and had existed for years, but we're starting to get into um, shows and a lot of things. This this ser- this release is directly responsible for the launching of the Honest Trailers theory, uh, series, for, for better or worse. And I think a lot of times worse, even though some wonderful people I know over the years uh, have written the show. I, I co-wrote an episode. I, I love it. I love what they do. But like... It, it helped usher in an era of, uh, I think, a lot of bad faith. Hey, we're just having jokes, tearing apart these things while not understanding them kind of uh, content. And so I think around that time, I just I almost didn't want I just uh, I don't want to go down the prequel route again. You know, it's like we've, we've already done this and uh, 3D makes me sick anyway. So I just kind of skipped it out, uh, skipped over it on, on that uh, alone, I think, uh, if I recall my mindset at that time. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, but. I will say this, the release in 2012, which had to do probably with the tech and everything, uh, 13 so years after the release of of, of the uh, you know first 199, I, I think it was ahead of its time for a couple of things. Maybe the technology, maybe it could you could do more with 3D now, but also uh, the love of Phantom Menace. I think mm-hmm. 2012, we didn't realize, you know, hey, there's an entire generation of fans ready to defend this. There's an entire generation of fans who consider this their Star Wars as well as the other stuff, but this is theirs. And so I'm, I'm almost like, should we do this again? Should we release it again? Because I think it would do well because there's an entire generation and fans like us ready and willing and wanting to embrace it even more, you know? Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think it was like, it, it makes sense for Lucas being interested in technology for the, that was one of the, the many uh, cycles of 3d suddenly having a bump. Um, Obviously, a lot of those prequel fans did go because it made over a hundred million dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. I I really do wish that it it had continued uh, because I think it might have uh, spurred a little bit more positive discussion about the prequels, especially yes. by the time it got to Revenge of the Sith, and then such excitement of seeing the original trilogy. And yeah, I I, I wish I had been a part of it. I wish it had continued. I'm, I'm with you both that I'm not a huge fan. Of 3D, I don't need it, uh, but I would like to see uh, poor Rats Tyrell's death in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in, one of the, in researching this uh, quick little uh, blurb here on the show, I, I looked. I found an article from 2012 Wired, and uh, the reviewer went and and was kind of like had had that question, Jen, that you seem to be asking people, like, does should I? And the answer was kind of, eh, not really. However. The article wasn't as snarky as you would think, especially for the time. And actually kind of said, you know, the movie's not as bad as you remember. <laughs> and and I thought even 2012, that was a, a giant leap forward. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. maybe helped led to where we are now. Uh, and it's uh, become, for, for what it's worth, it's become one of my favorite Star Wars films to put on in the background and just sit down and enjoy. Because I absolutely love the Star Wars of it all. And I think we all do. All right. 
That is our look ahead to Star Wars past February 10th, 2012, The Phantom Menace in 3D. We're almost out of here, but before we go, we're going to let you know where you can find us. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod, Hive Social at Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram, where you can also see, see some of our reels over there, but you also see uh, those as shorts on YouTube as well, because as we said up top, we're really having a lot of fun over on YouTube. We want you to, if you will, and help us uh, get some uh, large numbers, uh, break the algorithm, and reach new fans. So if you can head over to YouTube, subscribe, uh, watch the figure fights, share it if you're uh, willing to. Be uh, uh, greatly appreciated here. Podcasts available on a lot of spats, uh, spots and spats, including ACAST, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search or find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly. Uh, you can uh, also follow us, uh, follow me, excuse me, at Ken Napsock. Or go to my website, kenapsock.com. Before we hand it over to you, a lot of times we... Uh, like to highlight uh, causes, websites where you can help folks. We do want to acknowledge there's been this, uh, well, a series of very large, devastating earthquakes in Turkey. So uh, we will maybe uh, in the coming weeks put some direct links or talk about some places where you can support. I, I do want to say, uh, you know, encourage you to research where you are going to donate, what are agencies uh, that can sometimes be um, a little bit of a, a sticky proposition. I understand, but uh, we want to highlight uh, this disaster that's happening right now uh, and uh, look for places to help. Uh, and, uh, you know, Star Wars is a force for change. It's a force for empathy, compassion and helping everyone. So that's out there as well. Uh, Jen, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, well said. Um, you can find me on TikTok at JenniferLanda1138, where I've been posting a lot more lately, some reviews, Star Wars home stuff, silly memes, um, mm. my YouTube and Instagram, where I share my hot takes at JenniferLanda, and Twitter, <laughs> where I just, you know, retweet people. That's <laughs> basically what I do. That's it's about right. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that. Uh, that's where you find Jen. Joseph, where can they find you? You got a lot of cool things coming, even outside of Star Wars. Uh, where can they find it? Yeah, you can find me on uh, basically all of the social media by searching at Joseph Scrimshaw. But yeah, I really want to highlight uh, the the YouTube channel for myself. Uh, you can also find that on YouTube by searching Joseph Scrimshaw, uh, that new short uh, film, darkly comic cosmic horror short called Unboxing the Cosmos. Uh, I really want to keep making uh, more short films like this. I really want to grow my YouTube uh, presence. So uh, having more views and likes and comments and interactions, it would be really great. Uh, also, if you go watch uh, Unboxing the Cosmos, you will see that it is kind of about our online lives. And there's great irony in uh, me asking you to like and subscribe this particular video. So go uh, check that out uh, while you're while you're checking out Figure Fights. Hmm, yes. I love that. As Alanis would sing, is it? It's ironic. All right. <laughs> that is it for this week, my friends. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.